Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. interview last week was so good that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. If you missed last week, you'll find the link in the show notes. It's not mandatory that you listen, but we want to make sure that you don't miss out on this amazing conversation. Hi everyone, it's uh, Roxanne Durhage of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today I have a, I would say a friend now because we spent almost a year together um, in a writing group and her name is Christy Scarrow. So Christy, thanks for coming on. I know Christy and I have not met in person yet. I'm going to assume probably what time we will, um, but we joined a writing group in uh, when COVID started and of course, both of us, my book is still in the edit stage, but hers has been published and put out to the world. So an amazing accomplishment. So Christy, thanks for coming on. Christy is a specialist um, on conflict and um, her, her book is called Truth Warriors. And we're gonna talk a little bit about conflict, something that I think most of us kind of are familiar with. I would say some of us do it um, okay sometimes and we're but we're always needing to to learn the skills necessary uh to kind of mitigate the outcomes of when conflict goes bad so let's talk a little bit about in the context of workplaces say let's say team so let's say i'm a leader and you know but i'm having so let's say difficulty potentially as part of a group with maybe one or two of my members how what kind of what do you do um as a conflict resolution expert with that leader to kind of help them kind of mediate, you know, some of those challenges. So one of the models that I often teach, and, and this was, is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of SBI as a feedback model, which is situation, uh, behavior, intention. Um, I've actually added a couple of letters on to it in my, in the model that I worked through with, with um, conflict. And that is basically, I've added an I and a Q. So an I starts with intentions, right? So when you're having, one, if you're feeling in conflict with somebody, ultimately you need to, to be able to express, you know, your concerns, your perspective in a way that's going to um, be respectful and be considerate and obviously have an impact. And the best way to do that is one, start with why are we having this conversation? So what are my intentions in talking this through with you? So just like my example, you know what, my intentions are this. I just want to make sure that my assumptions are correct. I want to make sure I want to improve our, our working relationship. I really want you to be enjoying the work that you're doing. So I'm coming in with positive intentions and whatever information I'm sharing with you. And then I'm going to get specific. So the SBI is like, here's a situation as an example. And here's what I saw or what I, what, you know, what, what happened uh, and the behaviors. And the impact on me was, or the impact on the team was, was this. And by, by being specific and having somebody understand, I'm here for your benefit. Here's exactly the example I can give you, which is very specific. And here's an, the implications or the impact on me. Mm. The Q part of that model is actually questions. So dialogue, it's a discussion. Whenever I'm providing feedback to somebody, it's not about 
It's about engaging in the conversation. So it's setting the scene to say why we're having this conversation, mm -hmm. giving you specific example, tangible information that can actually help you understand the challenges that I'm facing and then engaging in what's happening, what's going on, you know, how do we work better together? How do we make this work? So uh, a lot of times the, the conflict arises by missed expectations, right? My expectations are different from your expectations. So coming back to say, this is what I expected and this is what happened. And the impact was that, you know, I struggled or I made a mistake or I wasn't able to do my work well, um, you know, help me, help me work through this. So if you bring it, come to it from that perspective, I find that's a great model. Um, I teach it when I'm teaching leaders how to give just general feedback to their employees but I also teach it for peer to peer because a lot of times I hear in conflict, it's easier. It's, I don't know if it's easier. It's hard being a leader, but in some ways it's easier to give feedback and have constructive conversations with your people who are working for you. It's harder to have conversations with your peers and it's even harder to, to have conversations, I think, with your managers, right? So a lot of people are like, well, my manager doesn't does this and doesn't do that. And how do, and they don't give me good feedback and they're always grumbling and they're the ones causing the conflict and, and so I'm okay, what's, what's your role in that, right? How can you provide feedback? How do you role model asking for feedback? Uh, how do you role model providing feedback in a way that feels respectful and feels beneficial? Always thinking about it from their perspective. Well, I love the specificity of it, right? Because oftentimes when there's conflict that's gone awry, it's so vague. And because we're, like you said, conflict avoidance, and I'm sure everybody would go, yay, that's me. I'm pretty good, but ah, I do it good here, but not so good at there. Um, I like the fact that it's specific, right? Like what, what's your intention and what are the implications of the specific behavior? Because that way, if you have people that are trying to detract, I would think, Christy, by being vague and, and not giving you an exact example, but if you could pull out say one or two examples with your team, right? Like say with your with the leader, with the team, you can say, well, Roxanne, when you did this, this is what happened and this is how it impacted the team. And this is kind of what the fallout out was here and here. Um, then I would go, oh, okay. All right, I hadn't thought about that. But if it's vague, uh, that conversation is gonna go down. I'll probably, I would think I'd, as a the peer or the, team member, I might get a little bit more defensive because I don't know specifically what is the roadmap. You're trying yeah. to make me impact something, but I don't see the clear picture. Yeah. So I love yeah. that. I love yeah, that. I think, and I think that's the trap we often fall into and for a few different reasons, either we're vague because we're frustrated and we, and we, we apply judgmental labels. So like, you know, you were lazy or you didn't, you might not be as, as, as forthright at that, but you, you use judgmental language in the way you speak as opposed to the specifics of, this is something I can observe. So like, again, being late, I could say, you know what, I had to wait around for 10 minutes. That's something it's probably hard for you to argue with. It's a very specific example. You know, as a result, I was late for my next meeting or whatever it was, or we didn't get to talk through everything we wanted to talk to. So the very specifics as opposed to, you know, if you start with, you didn't feel very considerate of my time. Everyone, you're going to go, what? I, I am considerate of your, like, so it's instantly, but yeah. you, need to, you need to think of when you're going to give feedback about what is that very specific thing that caused me to move to that judgment. The other thing I think the reason we're vague is actually almost on the extreme is I don't wanna hurt your feelings. Like I actually have a lot of respect for you. You're a nice person. I'm sure you didn't do it on purpose. And that's the same with my partner. I, I love and respect her to death. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a you're irritating me. It was a, I don't want, like, I don't wanna 
come back at her, suggest that she didn't make the right choice. It was hard to give feedback because of that. But in the end, I always say it's more important to be kind than nice. So the longer term kindness, which is, I'm going to share this with you because I know that if I don't, it's going to cause friction in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to share this with you because I'm really hoping it benefits you in the long run. Because if I'm feeling it, maybe somebody else is. And Mm -hmm. back to those good intentions. So a lot of times we resist giving feedback and and getting into those difficult conversations because we like the person and and, and don't want them to feel bad. So again, if you're very specific and take the emotion out of it and say, this is exactly what I saw, exactly what happened or how I perceived it or the assumptions that I'm making, then you put it back on, on being able to have the conversation and take out the emotion of it a little bit. And I think that would be very, um, a valuable model also peer to peer, right? So it's really, it's about me taking accountability for what, if I'm your peer and I, things are kind of rough between us. If I apply the same kinds of things, level to level, obviously, there's different expectations and roles and stuff like that. But really, on a communication level, you know, because you're specific, you're saying exactly what happened, how it impacted and what you would say prefer instead in the future. That's Mm -hmm. a really nice kind of solid model. And like you said, and then the questioning falls in line, the cue that you've added um, is kind of nice, because then if I say, you know, I don't understand what you meant there, help me understand, I did it this way, because I saw what I thought you wanted but you didn't like it was what what was missing there so I guess more of that constructive kind of conversation that allows you to hopefully like understand what didn't go well what you know understand that maybe one person's perception of something is different from another's so you're really drilling down further which really is to the core fundamentals of higher level communication which a lot of times I, I, I think as human beings we get kind of lazy and um and then we don't you know we, we we're good sometimes and sometimes we're better maybe we're tired maybe you know lots of things are going on especially in this time I think a lot of people you said a lot of people have been more conflict avoidant through the pandemic is that what I heard you say earlier I I think so I think what I've seen I need a, a an HR forum um or HR roundtable and what I'm hearing on that level too, is that managers have been reluctant to provide feedback and to get into those difficult conversations because I think initially we're like, oh, when we get back in person, I'll deal with it. And of course that hasn't fully happened and it probably never will be back like that. So I think it's this desire to, I would rather have in-person feedback. It's harder to read your body language. It's harder to interact virtually. Um, we know all that. So I think there's been a bit of a reluctance. And I think to couple that, um, you know, though I think pe- ta- people are really nervous about talent right now. There's a lot swirling around about, you know, having to lose good people and, and people are going to leave because of these new um, hybrid working environments. So I think there's this real fear of scaring people away. I think there's this real um, uncertainty about how to do it in the virtual space and whether I should or not. And um, so I think I really believe there's a need to said, lean into conflict um, and address any conflict situation um, to be able to actually get through that. Otherwise, if you pull away from it, it builds. And, and as you probably know, like if you tolerate bad behavior from one, the implications on everybody else is, is substantial. Because so like a little bit of an ink, an ink blot, right? Because everybody's looking to see how you're responding. And if you're not taking the steps necessary to kind of deal with it, then your entire team kind of thinks, ah, 
Now I see what, how, you know, what kind of leader you are and those types of things. Let's talk a little bit about the book because I know we're almost at time. Tell me, you know, tell the listeners what the book is about, what they, they can experience with it. Um, and then obviously we'll tell them how they can get a hold of the book and where they can get a hold of yourself and uh, Lighthouse Nine. Thanks, Roxanne. Yeah. So the book sort of does certainly started on the on the idea of creating better connection and and why do we believe the way we believe. So it talks about that and this idea of truth to me is actually when I started looking at it, I'm like, well, truth is not. I think it started from a place of what's the facts, and I realized that truth is not about the facts. Truth is about you know truth is personal. So my truth isn't going to be the same as your truth, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the concept of the book. And the warrior is actually again. When it comes to conflict so it brings together the idea of making the right decisions and being another perspectives and there's a model that i created as part of there which your your um your audience i uh, certainly i encourage them to take the assessment that's that's built around some of the concepts in the book and it gives you a perspective of whether you're more a rational or intuitive decision maker and whether you're more conflict averse or conflict assertive and so you you find yourself on those quadrants which basically says you might be the kind of person that's actually fairly assertive in conflict. So you're willing to speak your mind, but you actually might not be the best listener to other perspectives, Mm. if that's the case. And if you're a very rational person in your decision-making at the same time, then you might be the kind of person that, you know, has a lot of pushing your facts on people and not not necessarily knowing how to wrap your brain around some people who are maybe more intuitive and and vision-focused. So I've looked at those four quadrants and if you do the assessment, then you can get a report that kind of says where you sit and some of the opportunities, because I feel it's all about the balance, right? If you're very averse, there's definitely opportunities to be more assertive. If you're assertive, there's more opportunities to be averse um, or at least sort of find your way towards the middle. And that's, I think, what great leadership is, is finding the way to the middle, recognizing where your team sits. So if you know somebody who's very um, intuitive in their decision-making, they might be really quick, but they're not validating their decisions. And maybe they're averse, they're not actually speaking up. They're just sort of moving forward without bringing in the group. So those two things kind of came together for me in the book. And the model is described and each of those sort of strengths and characteristics are are explained in the book uh, for cultures that have kind of sit in those quadrants, teams. So if you find all of your team in one area, you're probably not making the best decisions. Um, And then I've got a bunch of sort of strategies and and hopefully the book brings it to life with, uh, with a bunch of stories as well. That sounds amazing. Just, you know, because I'm more of an intuitive decision maker, but, you know, like, and sometimes people say, well, how did you get there? I'm like, well, because I just got there. <laughs> so I would probably you should do the there. assessment and see where you land. <laughs> well, okay. I should, because I assume I am, but yeah, no, but again, you know, and then the, the pragmatic person is probably going, where'd that come from? So you could see how that could create a bit of dissension based on the context to your point about how you're having to work together and stuff like that. Well, Chrissy, this has been amazing. So tell everybody where they can get a hold, um, whether it's to have a consult with you or um, to buy the book um, and or maybe do some work with you uh, further. Yeah, the best place to find me is at uh, truthwarriors.ca. So uh, I was going to spell that T-R-U-T-H-W-A-R-R-E-R. I'm going to misspell that. <laughs> truthwarriors.com oh, warriors with an o not an e um, <laughs> horrible speller so yeah if you check out truthwarriors.ca slash assessment that'll take you to the assessment slash buy will take you to the book but if you uh and i've actually got it in paperback um 
ebook as well as audio. So if you're the kind of person that prefers to listen to your books, then I, I have that option recently reviewed as well. So yeah, I would love if you connect with me there to learn more about it, learn more about yourself. And what the, what I love is with those assessments is it, is it starts from a place of understanding, which is what we've been talking about today, understanding your natural tendencies. I do that with teens as well. So again, if you see your team is in different places, how do you leverage their strengths? Um, so if you've got a team that you feel like are not really well connected, it's a great way to look at, um, okay, maybe it's because we're actually all coming at this from very different angles. And how do we leverage Roxanne is very intuitive to take us along a path maybe more quickly than the rest of us. So uh, hopefully you find it, you find it useful, but that's, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time. So what am I taking away? I'm taking away that we all have the biases and to recognize that when you get the visceral reaction in your body. So when your body's screaming at you, because you know, you're having a higher level of reaction, it's to step back and say, what are the assumptions that I'm making based on what's in front of me? And then kind of try to think, okay, well, what, what, what is being triggered in me? is making me want to respond this way and then kind of you know trying to step back from it and I'm gonna go and check out this assessment because now I would learn a little bit more about myself so for anyone uh, wanting information on authentic uh, leadership with your teams please reach out I can be reached with chatwithroxanne.com and uh, we'll get on on a call together Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.